It's the podcast at moresportsnow.com. We cover both sides of the Hudson. I'm Steve Titchener in our Jersey studio. And on the line, the rest of the More Sports Now crew, Matt Lachlan and John McAlevey. This week, we'll take a look at all the circumstances surrounding the arrest of Giants defensive back DeAndre Baker. And golf is back. We'll look at the first week of the PGA Tour. We'll also get a hockey update from Matt as well. And it's all happening right now. And wow, this uh, this DeAndre Baker story has just uh, been all over the sports page, obviously, in this area. The Post, the Daily News. He's from Miami. First round pick of the uh, the Giants. Defensive back. Didn't have a great year last year. He got himself in some trouble for sure. Now, he got arrested at a cookout. Apparently, things went bad. It was the playing dice or something like that. And uh, he uh, he was with Quentin Dunbar, who is the uh, defensive back now with Seattle. He was with Washington. And they flipped over the table and uh, pulled out a gun, allegedly. Uh, DeAndre Baker did and um, held up the party and stole some 12, uh, 12,000 plus in cash and some uh, expensive watches. Again, this is all allegedly because the victims gave statements to the Miramar police uh, where this happened in Miramar, Florida. And then apparently the victims recanted the statements, but that's according to DeAndre Baker's attorney. So a lot going on with this story. Uh, yeah. DeAndre Baker did um, plead not guilty today of all eight counts. Uh, Dunbar had uh, four counts, Quentin Dunbar, and he also pleaded not guilty. But uh, a lot of sketchy stuff with this story, and uh, we'll get to the bottom of it. Uh, DeAndre Baker's lawyer, Patrick P- Patel, believes that the whole thing's going to be dismissed. He's a Jersey-based lawyer. He's also got a Florida lawyer as well. He thinks the whole thing's going to be dismissed and that all the victims recanted their statement. But uh, a lot going on there. And on top of this, apparently they had lost like $70,000 a couple nights before at another party, another high, yeah, stakes dice, high stakes dice game. And so a lot of sketchy stuff going on around this, this story. But for the Giants, it's just a disaster. There was character issues with this guy for, to begin with. I mean, Gettleman took a gamble on him because he just had pure talent. He had a terrible rookie season, although he did start playing better towards the end of the year. But now it just looks really bad for Gettleman. But we, we first of all, we've got to figure out what happened and that's all going to play out i guess in the next few weeks we'll see uh we'll we'll see if uh, this thing actually gets dismissed and and what's going on uh what actually happened and what's going on with these victims who now apparently look are recanting uh their statement i mean what, what how do you look into this matt what do you what do you see about all this well as you said it's uh, it's crazy uh the, the details keep changing innocent until proven guilty of course and you know, we'll just have to wait for more to come out if the victims, alleged victims, are recanting their testimony. I don't see where you have a case. Uh, and so this may all just dissipate very quickly. Uh, how his name came up and Dunbar's name came up, well, that may never be known. Uh, his attorney, as you mentioned, uh, Patrick Patel, has indicated he believes it was just an extortion try and he was an easy mark. Uh, and it is it is crazy. There is no question about it. Um, and so I don't know where the truth lies. Probably somewhere in between complete innocence, well, I shouldn't say, uh, and, and being fully guilty, because we'll see. But uh, there is more there is more to this story than what we know. That much is for certain. 
And John, how do you yeah. feel like as a Giants fan? I mean, just the this just the position he's in. I mean, is that enough to say, hey, do we, you know, do Giants fans want to go d- down the road with this guy? And I mean, he already had a tough first season, and then look at this. I mean, it, the, the character issues are, are are a problem here, regardless of what what comes out of this. I would think. Well, let me just first say right off the bat, I don't know about you guys, but I can't remember the last party that I went to that I didn't either win or lose $70,000. Let me get that right out of the open. What the heck is that all about, okay? Well, so that's, that's, that's a little unfair, though, John, right? Because he also is making millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. So okay. I, I, I don't know about you. I've not been in that position. Look, I, I'm not going to dump on a guy because he was gambling at a high level. He, his contract was for over $10 million over the lifetime of the four-year deal. Would I be betting $70,000? No. Would I lose it? Would I risk it? No. But I don't know if if that makes him guilty of anything other than poor judgment, right? I mean, I I don't know how that plays in. Well, I would think that, Matt, there'd be some character issues there. You're talking about high-stakes dice game with cash. I mean, the suggestion is that these gamblers are upstart citizens, man. I mean, How How about Phil Mickelson? How about his Absolutely. How about Michael Jordan? We'll put him in there too. Still, I, I would say that that is not that, that is not something they put at the top of their uh, you know their, in terms of character, man. That's they're not saying, hey, you know that Mickelson is a good gambler on top of that I mean, being one of the greatest golfers ever. No, I mean you bury that in the back. Is my point. You know, you bury the whole scene of of Michael Jordan with these high stakes you know card games and stuff in 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 Atlantic City. I'm just saying that. Look, I mean, you know, if they have the money and that, and that's what they want to do, that's their that's their choice. And, and then we'll talk, also talk about a casino and being in that kind of environment. But at a at a in a at a cookout, quote unquote, cookout where there was cash all over the place. I don't know, man. It, and then and then the big thing here, of course, guys, right, is the presence of a gun. If that's the case, I mean, that's going to be a big part of all this. Is there a gun? Was there a gun? Who had a gun? Um, those are yeah. those thing, things I think will come out. Now I'm not saying. Yeah. Look, I mean, listen. I mean, uh, you know, if, if someone's playing a card game with some with some cash, uh, that's another thing. Or dice. With, you know, I, I'm just saying that this was some. It seemed like there was a lot of money being thrown around here. Yeah. Which would well, suggest. Steve, you asked me as a Giants fan what, what I think of the whole thing. I think if he had a good season, listen, I, it's not like I would say, oh, explain it away. The guy's waving guns around. Hopefully. Hopefully it comes out that he's exonerated, but he really, I mean, early on, he was awful. I mean, he got burned on almost every game that he was in for at least one touchdown. He was terrible. Mm-hmm. And, and this is a reflection on Dave Gettleman because he traded back into the first round to get him. Now he had a terrific career in Georgia and was one of the finer players in the SEC and Georgia, as we know, plays big time football games mm-hmm. every Saturday and uh, I was really excited when they when they went up to get him, but he was really bad. And then not only was his play on the field bad, but then you read that he's late for stuff. He's late for meetings. Falling asleep in he meetings. Didn't get into the playbook. He really wasn't yeah. listening and participating. He really wasn't a team player. So you know, this was already a guy who was in my doghouse as a as a um, as a Giants fan. And uh, and then you have something like this that you hear about. It just sort of. 
you know, you give a guy a benefit of the doubt. But when you hear stories like this, you really have to think. But again, we have to we have to right. wait until this all shakes out. Well, Matt, to your point, I mean, if the guy is completely, if it in fact he was a mark, and there there was an extortion play here, I mean, that'll come out, and then it's it's absolutely not fair. I'm just saying the whole look. He's around some unsavory folks here, man. Even if they did plan that, come on. The the concern is that that he's around these folks that would even do something like that. But I guess you you know um you do not always uh, when you when you have a lot of money you you are a mark. Uh, but and it's interesting how his attorney. Um, you know, Patrick Patel, who he's, you know, he's, he's trying to help his client quite a bit here. He said that he would spent the night in jail and now he's, you know, it woke him up. He's very focused and he wants to get back to the Giants, kind of give him that boost. Like, of course, he's coming back, going back to the Giants. And the Giants already said, stay away and figure out your legal problems first before anything. But there was really nowhere to go to anyway, because the Giants are not having um, practices. They're still um, meeting remotely. Uh, apparently. Yeah, and I don't want to come off as defending a guy if he's a criminal. Uh, all I'm saying is let's find out a little oh, bit no, more. Right. And as for as as for his attorney, of course he's going to say uh, whatever he feels he needs to to make sure that his client is well served in the court of public opinion. But I don't know that there's anything that the guy can say, even if it turns out that the people have, as we've heard and read, recanted their allegations and no one will testify and the prosecutor's office has no recourse but to drop the charges and he goes free uh, you know never mind strike one i mean he's already up to strike two and and you know the giants although they'd be on the hook for the money uh for the most part i guess there is some area where they could challenge the contract and the league could find him uh but, uh, you know, the, the, the Giants would be on the hook for the money, and it would be a wasted pick. And so, yeah, no, it's not a good look. But I am curious as to uh, really what is going on in this story. So, yeah, I mean, it's fair for the Giants to at least say, hey, DeAndre, what are you doing, man? Who are you hanging out with? What, what What's yeah. going on here? Um you know, two not you know we're hearing not one night but two nights of this, and and uh, and then all of a sudden uh, there's, there's something went wrong. And now, are you, uh, right, guys? I mean, you would think that at least something went wrong at this party. I mean, there's no question because because his his lawyer was not denying that he wasn't there or anything. You know, they they he was there, so you would think that something went terribly wrong. Now, maybe maybe some fabrication came from the victim saying, Hey, we're going to screw him. What I, who knows? And who knows? It'll, I think it'll all come out. The story will all come out and maybe it'll get thrown out, but something bad happened. The giants might say, well, what, 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 what are you doing? I mean, cause, cause here's his lawyer saying, I mean, well, listen to what his lawyer is saying. Hey, he spent the night in jail. He was scared. He's now very focused and he wants to get back to the giants. He's pretty much saying, Hey, we know he knows he screwed up. To a, to a certain extent, not to the extent that, that these charges are saying, but screwed up to a certain extent. And he wants to get focused and get back to playing football is kind of what I'm you reading. You know what that reminds me of, Steve? Remember in, um, it's a situation where, remember in the, in the Naked Gun with Leslie Nielsen and that slapstick movie back in the day when, when uh, he goes riding on this crazy car and it goes into the fireworks factory oh, yeah, yeah. and all the fireworks are going off? Yeah. And he's standing there. Oh, yeah. saying, There's nothing to see here. There's nothing to see here. And his fireworks are going all over. Of course, the agent's going to say, you know, there's nothing going on. And 
um, he, he's got to try and get everybody's attention away from it. But you hit the nail on the head. There's no football. There's no OTAs. There's none of this. There's none of this stuff to take this bad story off the page, back pages of the papers and to change change the narrative. So um, unless and until football comes back, I mean, he can say all he wants. I just want to concentrate on football, but. You know, unfortunately, he's going to have to concentrate on legal issues up until, you know, the NFL gives everybody the, the high side that they can back on. They can get back together and start doing some stuff. And let me ask you this. I mean, if they're so, you know, they, they, if they're recanting their story or what have you, how to come out that it was it was DeAndre Baker with the gun. It was DeAndre Baker that did that. And the other thing and Quentin Dunbar, another football player here. Uh, was, uh, I don't know, supposedly didn't have a gun. He only had, he got four counts versus DeAndre Baker's eight counts. I mean, why is that? Why was there a difference there between these two uh, when the story seems to be if possibly fabricated to a certain degree? I mean, I just it sounds, it just, it's all, it's all, you know, we're beating a dead horse. It's all really fishy here. And I guess we're going to get to the bottom of it. But uh, again, there's another guy in this too, Quentin Dunbar. And, uh, you know, and they, they also, the attorneys kind of uh, both said, you know, they don't really know each other that well. Oh, come on. I mean, obviously they were together two nights, you know, two nights uh, gambling together in, in, in parties in, in, in the Miami area. So they're both from Miami. You would think they probably know each other maybe well. Uh, but there is an age difference there. It's five years or so. But uh, they were already the attorneys were already distant, distancing the two. So there's a lot going on here, and we'll uh, uh, we'll see how it uh, we'll see how it all uh, plays out. But Matt, is, hey, here's the bottom line: yeah. he isn't any good. Well, he hasn't shown he it yet. Any good? Listen, Lawrence Taylor is in the Hall of Fame. I'm not sure that I would want him to be dating my sister. Mm. <laughs> but but you right? know, I mean, Laura LT had a few issues, did he not? But he's in the Hall of Fame. DeAndre Baker doesn't appear to be much of a player. So Dave Gettleman did leap at the talent. Obviously, there have been some stories about uh, you know they found out it was a giant who was pri- what did somebody write in the post? A giant source who was privy to the team's thinking. What kind of source is that privy to their thinking? said that there was an argument in the building, but said that, you know, you had to, you know, kick his tail to get him to practice in Georgia. And so, you know, maybe all that is true and the falling asleep that's been alleged, you know, I'm sure Pat Shermer anonymous, anonymously has fed a few quotes or the defensive coordinator has fed a few quotes uh, to the, to the writers who cover the team. But my point is, and John, you mentioned it, if he had talent, he might have talent, but he's not that good. So if he doesn't exactly. turn it around, it doesn't matter whether he's exonerated and they show a virtual twin of his that shows up on on uh, you know the front page of the New York Post and they say, can you believe it? These guys look exactly alike. No wonder there was a mistaken identity. Even if that happens, if he can't play, he's gone. And that is That's the right. bottom line. Yeah, and you know, I'll tell That's you, it. you can get away – even at a high level in college, if you just have exceptional talent, you can still get away with it. But once you get to the NFL, it's pretty clear. He probably thought he could wing it in the NFL, too. And, clear, you know, come on, showing up late for meetings, right? You've heard that, John, falling asleep yeah. at meetings to the point where the players called him out on it. Um, it's surprising. Yes. I mean, he played and, for Kirby Smart at Georgia, who you think runs, a, runs one of the top-notch programs in all of America. And as I said, the SEC, that's, 
that's basically like the G League for the NFL. I mean, it's just a step below. And uh, it was just surprising that, that, you know, there weren't any red flags. The Giants rushed up to pick him. And maybe he just, as you said, thought that he could just step out on the field and say, here I am, come get some. And he really got some. And so unless he turns it around um, in, in, uh, in his second season, if there is a second season and if he's part of the Giants, he better turn it around quickly because they have some other options back there now. I mean, they have a couple of other players. Julian Love can play back there. They drafted a uh, a good uh, defensive back from UCLA who they seem to like. So, you know, he find himself holding up a chair and watch people be still part of the Giants when the season rolls around. So we'll just wrap it up this way. I mean, are, did, have the Giants seen enough? Do you see DeAndre Baker coming back if he's if he's innocent and he was a mark or whatever? Do you think? Do you see them saying, "Okay, no, okay, well then get your back butt back up here and you better prove yourself in your second year"? Or is this a possibility now? T- now, Gettleman said he was going after character guys here, and clearly you got a problem here. You know, so is he gonna? Are the Giants going Unless to? Unless he was false, falsely accused. Mm-hmm. But still, I mean, going back to the what are you doing at these types of parties? um, And is this what a first round draft pick in in the NFL? Churches are closed during coronavirus. (laughs) It's a a point. It's a point. So it's not enough, Matt, in your opinion, not enough to um, uh, to 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 hang him on this just for just for uh, being in the wrong in the wrong place that he that maybe uh, an organization feels he shouldn't be in. Uh, listen, I, my misbehavior at his age never came close mm-hmm. to the level of which he is accused. So I'm not saying that we should just chalk it up to the vagaries of youth. What I am saying is if, in fact, he's innocent, then he's innocent. Mm-hmm. Like We right. can have our thoughts, and the Giants certainly are going to look at him with a jaundiced eye. They're certainly going to follow him a lot more. Uh but if he can play, if he's found innocent or the charges are dropped, they will let him come to camp and try to make the team. I think. Here's what, I mean, the Merrill family could very easily say in the Tisch family, not worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll pay him. Mm-hmm. Sorry we wasted a draft pick. Dave, you're, you're really on the hot seat now. Because mm-hmm. we're not sure you've done much in the draft right. But here's another black mark against you. And we'll pay the money. And that's it. We move on. I mean, that could happen. I mean, I know when the story broke, Boomer Esiason was saying on the fan, like by three o'clock that afternoon, he thought the Giants would would cut him. Mm-hmm. Well, they haven't done it. It's now been coming up on a week. So right. there's a lot of things going on here. But I could see the Giants just saying, look, not, not even worth trying to reform you and get you to stay awake in the meetings. And we whatever was going on in your life, we'll work with you to make you a better human being and a better player. Yeah. And you'll help us. I, they may decide that it's not even worth the effort. So he could be gone. Yeah. No question. That's where I would go. You know, the concern for a young man, he's, he's a young man, 22 years old, acting like a kid, let's face it. But the possibility of him um, becoming a good football player, I mean, you, you said he's not a good football player. I know you understand it's, it's it's early in his career, but I mean, it's only been a year and he, and he did not show well. That's for sure. But I mean, if he in fact was a mark, if this, if, if, if it does come out that he was set up, then maybe uh, I believe he should get 
uh, another chance. And I, th- I think he will, maybe not with the Giants. Who knows where the Giants are going to go with this? I mean, th- doesn't every team want character guys? I mean, maybe not. Maybe they're, you know, uh, all different. Uh, there's not a, not a, every uh, NFL football team is made up the same way. But but I, I would think that if, in fact, it was a setup that he should get another shot. What do you think, Johnny? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we don't know where this is going to wind up. He could be completely innocent. And, well, and where, where's your where's your heart, John? Because you are the giant fan of the three of us. They have to err on the side of caution here. I mean, they, they can't just cut a guy loose before uh, he has his day in court. So that's one thing. But again, Matt hit the nail on the head. And it was what I sort of said in one of my first statements is that he just wasn't that good. And, and guys that can play can get away with more baloney than guys that can't play. We brought up the whole Lawrence Taylor thing. I mean, Bill Parcells kept running him out there. Who knows where he was? He was high as a kite on the, on the field at times. So, you know, if you can get the job done, you can get the job done. Let's wait and see what, yeah. um, what happens in the court, and then let's wait and see what happens on yeah. the field. Because I was not pleased with, with year one. And, uh, and the Giants, you know, they, they like to, yeah. to uh, build themselves on character players, character players. That's why they, they drafted their number one draft choice as high as he was. And he yeah. had the best character of all the players this past year. And so um, let's see where they go from here. And I, and I hope it's not true. I hope he was, you know, I hope that, that he does get absolved and it was a setup. But I mean, if it, if it isn't, if all, if any of these allegations are true, then, and then he's done, he's facing 15 years because it was a semi-automatic weapon. Again, there's a lot of specifics here, guys, about this story uh, that, that was recanted, but there was, there was, there's specifics about it. So we'll, we'll have to see how it, um, to see how it plays out. Uh, and we'll move on. We'll move on to golf. Uh, and the tailor-made driving uh, relief, uh, what foursome was this past weekend? I mean, I only saw highlights of it, but you know what it was? It was golf. It's like, let's go with this. And the only thing I got out of it, Matt, was that uh, I like the fact that they wear long pants. I don't want to see their legs because they, <laughs> they were all wearing shorts and, you know, and they're all sitting there being buddy-buddy and all that stuff. Uh, you know, it was, uh, what was it, Rory uh, McElroy, Dustin Johnson, and uh, Ricky Fowler, Matt Wolf. I uh, don't know much about Matt Wolf, actually, but uh, these guys were uh, played a, uh, a best ball or, or uh, closest to the pin or what have you. And uh, it was cool to see golf being played again. And uh, it, again, it's back on uh, on June 11th with the Colonial at Fort, Fort Worth, Texas. And I know, have you? first of all, Matt, have you been playing golf? I have not. I'll be playing Monday. That'll be my first time out. Oh, cool. So, And it's back to foursomes, correct? That just was changed by the governor. Yes, it had been twosomes. I got a note from the local golf course that I play on here, Ashbrook, and they said that they're still going to adhere. I guess it's the governor saying this. I don't know whether they made the decision uh, as a golf course or the governor is still enforcing the 16-minute tee times. Mm -hmm. Uh, John, that would be something to ask your brother-in-law, Chaz Sarlin, uh, who's uh, the golf pro over at Fox Hollow. Uh, But they have extended them to force and chess. Okay. That's great. Yeah, we're going to try and get uh, Chaz back on for uh, for another edition of uh, Fairways and Greens. So that will be something, and and um, we'll have to get your impressions after you get out there and and play, Matt. What uh, what it was like? What, what is, kind of uh, you know just the whole vibe that's out on the course right now? It, yeah, I spoke with a couple of friends who have golfed. Uh, some have just golfed here in New Jersey, where it's just two sims and sixteen minute tee times. Uh, or between tee times. And uh, one friend said that he was done in three hours, 
but that makes sense. You know, you're really not going to wait. There's only two of you. You're not going to really wait for a shot anyway, because you shouldn't catch up to anybody and nobody should be playing into you. So it should move rather quickly. And another friend who played in Pennsylvania on Sunday, uh, they have allowed foursomes. I don't know what the time frame between starts was, but he said it took them about four hours to play. You, okay. could, you could ride in carts in Tennessee, but it was only one person per cart. So, yeah, I'll be I'll be curious. What I am happy about, and one of the reasons I delayed playing, uh, some of it was weather-related and work-related. Uh, to be honest with you, I have been as busy with the Devils as I've ever been in an off-season because we're trying to provide as much content to our fans as possible. And so that's really ramped up the work, which is fine, but it's also prevented me from getting yeah. as much golf time as I have in the past. So that's been part of it. The weather was part of it. But also, I'll be honest with you, I, I didn't want to go out. Uh, I was going to uh, go without hitting a golf ball because the driving ranges have been closed, but they just got reopened. So I was happy about that. Um, you know, I don't expect miracles on the golf course, but I would like to at least swing a club once or twice or yeah. a bucket of balls once or twice before I actually play around. So, Sometime this weekend, I'll sneak out and uh, hit a couple of buckets and then Monday uh, take to the course. Uh, do it like I do it, Matt. I just, uh, oh, you know, I play twice a year and I just show up, you know, hit a couple balls before yeah. and then and then I go and then uh, hope for the best. But uh, yeah, and I hear yeah, you. Something I, I, you said for that approach. Nah, well, I'd like to get out and hit the ball a little more, but. Uh, you know, again, every, we're all crazy busy. Do you think um, there'll be some super cautious folks that'll have masks on while they're playing, or is there's going to be less of that since it's the open air? You're not going to wear a mask, well, right? Yeah. In Pennsylvania, my friend said they were only required to wear the mask upon check-in. Right. And I believe that was the case here in New Jersey as okay. well. No, I don't think most people will wear masks once they start playing. I mean... Today, uh, I just got back before we recorded the show. My son Liam and I took a ride into New York City just to see what it's like with very few people around. Uh, it wasn't eerie because it's a beautiful day as we record this, but it was very odd, very, very quiet. We took the Holland Tunnel in and then right. went north in Manhattan. We stopped. We walked through Central Park. Uh, we made a couple of other stops and then through my old neighborhood that I grew up in an Inwood and then GW home. Anyway, uh, we had masks with us, but when we went out to walk in central park, you know, we just practiced distancing from anybody who was near us. There weren't many people out mm -hmm. and, you know, we came near somebody, you, you took a step to the right or left so that you gave them some room and right. we really didn't wear the mask out too much. So I, I presume that's how I'll approach the golf thing. Right. right. I was with my son, who I trust and kind of know who he's been with and what he's been doing, which is not much. Right. I'm not sure if I got hooked up with strangers, friends I would kind of trust. So I don't know what I would do if I signed up as a single and I got put into a foursome with three people I didn't know. Uh, that yeah. happens in golf, and it's fun to meet people. But I, you know, I don't know what you've been doing and where you've been and how much right. safe practices you've been engaged in. So I, I don't know, but I don't think I'd wear a mask. That's a right. long, long answer to, to your... Uh, yeah, and then in the end, and we, we've talked about this already, you can you can distance yourself for the most part. I mean, when you're the tee box, right, you just stay away from everybody. And then, you know, when putting and stuff, I mean, there's never really a time. When is there a time, maybe on check-in where you got to get close to people and such, but where's, it, where's there a time where you've got to be really tight 
in in the golf scenario uh, in a, in a round? I mean, can you think of one? I mean, not really. No, I mean, you tend to get a little closer as you're walking off the green, but yeah, you're not really on top of somebody. Now the one, so, yeah, the no. one. The one issue I would think is is carts, right? I mean, if if you like, let's say you s- sign up as a single and you share a cart with somebody, well, then you're like right there, right next to them uh, the the whole time. So that would have to be, be something where I wouldn't. I don't think I'd want to share a cart with someone. Is the point? Unless I knew. Yeah, it was, I, it was, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily either. I think that. Um, I think that uh, as I mentioned in Pennsylvania, it was just one person per cart. So. Um, you know, that, that may be the case in Jersey. I tend to walk, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So it was fun to see those golfers on Sunday sling their bags over their shoulders and carry their own uh, bags. I don't know when the last time Dustin Johnson carried his bag, uh, but that was yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right. I got a kick out of that for sure. And, uh, you know, I can honestly tell you guys as someone, you know, that for the last 27 years has been disabled. And I look at people riding around in carts when they play, even if it's just like the regular dude, you know what? Maybe it's just that I, I would love to get out and walk 18 holes. I don't understand why more people don't do it. It's phenomenal exercise, you know, and who, who, who can't use a little exercise nowadays. I can see that, you know, you want to make a faster round, but geez, well, I'll tell you this, Johnny. an opportunity to get out in nature and walk and enjoy the, the the whole afternoon with some friends. I mean, get out and use your two feet is what I well, have Well, say. two things. First of all, you want to speed up the round, and it does speed it up if you have a cart. If everybody has carts, though, if you're getting backed up anyway, it doesn't matter anyway. I know. But another thing is if it's a flat course, and I think you'll, uh, you'll agree, Matt, if it's a flat course, it's much easier to walk. But if you get a real hilly course, don't you feel it the next day? Matt, when you're if you got a, a course where it's it's hills and you're doing you know doing a lot of climbing and stuff, it, it can you can feel it the next day. Yeah, there, there can be an impact. It depends on how how steep, obviously, it is. Um, so uh, on those, I would tend I I would take a hand cart. You know, uh, yeah, I don't I don't climb any mountains carrying my bags to play the game. <laughs> yeah, no, there there, there yeah. can be an impact for sure. Mm-hmm. And let's go back. I to, like to walk in. I'm, yeah. I'm with you, John. Yeah. Nice, generally, it's a nice day. Although God knows I played in enough horrific weather. Uh, it's right. just fun to be out. It's yeah. just fun to yeah. be out. No doubt. Let's hit, let's hit the PGA. And, um, you know, the, it's going to be back on uh, June 11th with the Colonial. And, and uh, I'd imagine the testing part of it is, is, uh, is, is going to be a big deal where all the players are obviously going to be tested. All the caddies, everybody is going to be tested before they can, you know, get out on that course. And that's going to be the reality of the tour moving forward is the testing. But again, that that's their biggest challenge. Unlike the other sports that we talked about, then the, the social distancing end of things, uh, can be, um, it can be done, uh, in golf, certainly more so uh, than the other sports. Yeah, and you know, um, watching the uh, the event on Sunday, I didn't watch all that much of it, but along the lines, Matt, of what you were saying with folks that do play-by-play and, and the television guys, you know, the two play-by-play analysts were 200 miles away in St. Augustine, and the host, yeah. Mike Tirico, was at his home in Michigan, so you yeah. can see how, you know, that is going to be, um, you know, that, that approach, I think, is going to be something that at least right out of the gate is going to be, uh, they're going to go to that more often. And then the other thing that sort of held it up was 
because they didn't have the, the prerequisite amount of cameras at each hole. It took a lot longer because they had to wait for the cameras. They only had six cameras that they used, and they had to right. wait for them to get into position at each of the next holes. So it was yeah. it was an interesting watch and an interesting listen. And I think folks were happy just to see, you know, sports on television along with NASCAR that was on Sunday. I think their numbers were really good. And, you know, listen, we're starved for anything other than, I mean, folks are uh, watching the uh, the last dance with Michael Jordan, and that is all the rage. But it's nothing live. There's no competition involved there. And, um, yeah. So we'll see moving forward when, when things open up again and people just get an opportunity to watch and think of the way it used to be, right? Think and, back a year. Yeah. And I don't well, think- I've been watching some cornhole tournaments. Uh-huh. So I don't know yeah. about you guys, but they've actually been having them, mm-hmm. uh, which I, it's the truth. I have been watching some of them, but it's not that I'm some degenerate that needs to watch live sports. It just so happens I've clicked through it. What I have found, though, is, yeah, NASCAR, and on occasion I'll watch uh, auto racing uh, on a I'll definitely watch a lot of golf, but I don't know. Maybe it's because we're not back and society is still far from open. I didn't get as much joy off of the return of live sports as I thought I would. And, you know, in full disclosure, I didn't watch the entire match on Sunday with Liam graduating from Mm -hmm. URI. We had a virtual graduation and we had a party with family on zoom and both sides maggie's side and mine separate inter, uh, times together and so i spent a lot of time doing that but i don't know it's it, it's just uh I, i'm curious as to how i was like if baseball came back tomorrow i don't know like i yeah. i don't know if i'd hop on it because hey it's baseball with nobody in yeah. the stands it doesn't look or feel the same way and yeah. meanwhile i can't walk into a store and shop. Like I, I think until we get closer to whatever our normal will be, mm-hmm. I don't know how much of a diversion I will find sports, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And no, how, I hear you. And how important is the crowd? I mean, that's an interesting uh, discussion as well. I mean, if it's for, huge. For, well, for, for golf, is it so much? I mean, you, you know, you hear the cheer, you hear, you know, you do see them, but um, uh, you know, it looked pretty bare on Sunday, didn't it? I mean, and again, I just saw highlights, but it was very bare. Again, the UFC, I, you know, they're having matches and, you know, I, I, you know, I don't do any of the pay-per-view things, but I do watch some of the prelims and it's on ESPN all the time now. And it's, it is different for sure. I mean, you're not getting, you just, you don't hear that buzz. There's a buzz. There's an energy to it, right? I mean, you feel it, Matt, when you're at devil's games, you know? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I think I said last week, that the players, you know, kind of block it out after a while. And I think they do. I think they're just so laser focused, but there is a, a, a buildup and the crowd helps with that. I, I watched some German soccer. The Bundesliga has resumed play, no fans in the stands. And I, I, I couldn't sleep one night. I woke up. It was ridiculous. It was like two o'clock in the morning. Couldn't get to sleep, came downstairs, watched TV for about two and a half hours. And I watched a little Korean baseball with no nice. fans in the stands. So, and it's not the same. It's just, yeah. it's like you're watching a scrimmage at your local uh, high school. Mm-hmm. The talent is much yeah. better. But it really, it to me, it wasn't the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that might be why you're not as fired up, Matt, you know, possibly. Well, I think that's part of it, you know, yeah. um, I, I think it is. Now, 
hockey is what I do. Hockey is what I love. Not that I don't love baseball, but uh, you know, certainly if hockey comes back, I'd be more compelled, uh, especially since it doesn't look like the devils are going to be involved, but I'd be more compelled to follow it because I need to know what's going on and talk about it and be ready for next season. Uh, so that would, that I would be forced to do that, but I, I don't know. It's just, it's just different. It's a way different experience. And way different experience. And, how about you? Would you be fired up if they brought, if they went to collection Sunday and they started right from there where the college hoop season ended up and Rutgers is back doing layup lines in the, in the big 10 tournament. That would be nice. Oh, it would be great. But I was going to ask you guys, cause I got the phone call today. I put deposit down at the end of last year for season tickets for Rutgers basketball. They called me today about ordering my season tickets for Rutgers basketball. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Let me, let me give this some thought. I mean, and I asked him, I'm like, is there going to be a season? Do we know? He goes, Oh, you know, the, that's quite a ways away and we're still moving forward with our, with this, with our sales. And yeah. uh, I'm like, okay, great. But I, you know, I, it's think about, I got a lot to think about now. So what, so what happens if I lay down this money and, and oh, oh, we'll, we'll save it for next year. It's like, Oh, really? Um, so hey, I put don't on your mask. You want to be there when they go back to the NCAA tournament. Put on a hazmat suit. You got to be there. Listen, man, I'm fired up. And that's why I, because you know, you can get tickets, but they were getting really hard to get. I mean, at the end of last year, it was hard to get tickets. I got shut out a couple times. And then when I did get in the house, man, I was up in the freaking rafters with the, with the other team, the other teams fans, you know, Well, I I think the movement is, is that there, that things like this are going to come back. I mean, I saw um, a tweet yesterday that Notre Dame has already said that in the come, you know, next, next year, for the, for the semester, the fall semester, they're bringing everybody back in early yeah. August. They're going to start August 10. They're going to get rid of the, um, not the spring break, but the fall break that they have there and that they're full steam ahead from what they've been able to right. ascertain from the doctors and the school people. So, you know, Notre Dame carries a lot of weight. I wonder if other schools are going to start to follow suit. I guess, I guess you're telling me to get my season tickets then, John. I would. I would listen, if you're scared, Get get a bunch of masks. Get get yourself even a hazmat suit. You have to be there when Rutgers can't when they when they uh, when they punch their ticket for the NCAA tournament. You've earned it. You you better yeah, have but, scar tissue from the last yeah, few years. You earned it. Yeah, there could be a risk there, huh, Matt? A little risk with to getting season tickets today for basketball. Well, there could be, but let's be honest. We don't know. Like, who would have thought even ten days ago? that we, we would see more and more of the easing of these restrictions. It seems the more we do it, <coughs> excuse me, the more pressure there is on the governors to do more. So it's, it's happening in rapid fire succession. So I'll be curious as to what nine months from now looks like. I believe we're going to get back and see some sports. I think hockey, for instance, and basketball to a degree is probably waiting to see what baseball does. And then certainly moving forward, how does football handle it? But yeah, I mean, I think is Rutgers not going to run classes? Mm, yeah, that's the big question. Right? Uh, and never mind football. They, so let's put football aside. <laughs> oh, oh, by the way, football? I've already paid for my my season tickets for football. Yeah, that's done. Just roll it over to yeah. roll it over to next yeah. season. The Devils have offered to their season ticket holders a variety of options regarding next year. Uh, and what games weren't played this year and how you'd use the money from full refunds to apply it and move forward uh, if there is a season and uh, or, or 
you get certain rewards at the concession stands and et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, Rutgers is holding on to your money for football. If there is no season, they'll just apply it to next year. But I, I think one of the hard things with this whole situation is it changes so rapidly. We're trying to project what will happen in September, but schools have to start to prepare for it. You got to bring the athletes in. You got to start practices, et cetera. Uh, Notre Dame can go full speed ahead, but if none of the teams on their schedule or half of them, are participating, then, you know, good luck fighting Irish. You can do what you want. Um, and one of those teams, one of those teams, oh, by the way, is uh, Pitt. And I was planning on going to that game at Heinz Field. Uh, So we'll we'll see how that goes. Oh, by the way, don't mention to my wife about these uh, season tickets for uh, basketball. She she will. I'm not going to let her listen to this show. She is not going to be okay. She's not going to be okay with that. She can't she can't listen to this show either. Well, she won't. So but at Matt. So speaking of hockey, uh, you are the devil's announcer. Give us an update on hockey and the devils. And we'll close the show out with that. Well, there's been a couple of changes since the last time we really spoke about it. There was a time when the league was full on board with completing the regular season. The Devils have 13 games left, had 13 games left when the season came to a pause, as the the league likes to call it. And there was some thought of playing them out. You know, probably not at Prudential Center and on the road. Get a central location, bring teams in. If you can have enough testing, which they feel they, they'll be able to uh, play the games. And this would then suffice to live up to their contractual agreements with their local television networks, which pay a fair amount of money to televise the games. It varies from market to market and team to team. But at any rate, uh, that was the thinking. And then you could set up a playoff based on we did finish the season, top eight teams. Uh, in each conference, move on, and that's it. Well, as time has moved on, it's become apparent that that's not likely going to happen. And so it's pretty clear, though the league has not officially said it, that the seven teams that won't make the playoffs uh, this year uh, are done, and that includes the Devils. Uh, They will expand who is included. It could be more teams on the uh, – on the outside looking in right now, the discussion is whether you have 20 teams that continue or 24. Uh, there's some conversation. Do you call that the playoffs? Uh, or do you have some sort of round Robin competition that would eliminate, let's say they have 20 teams that they decide on to invite that would eliminate four teams, get you to 16. And then that's the playoffs. Or the same thing with 24, eliminate eight, have 16 remaining and call that the playoffs. Or is it all these teams have made the playoffs? It's all semantics, but it does not look like uh, the bottom seven teams are going to play another game this season. And that would include the Devils. Uh, And then there's all sorts of formats as to how the resumption would look. Most likely, based on what I'm reading and what I hear, it would include some form of a play-in just because teams have to, you can't just go from mm-hmm. practice to quote unquote meaningful games. You can't give teams buys and then expect them after a long layoff to be a, to play a team that's played say a three game playoff series and probably has knocked a lot of the rust off. That's not fair either. So they've got to come up with some way to kind of make it even so they're at least everyone's hitting uh, the road 
under the similar circumstances. And, and where's the cutoff? Where do they give up if they, I mean, is there a certain time that if this has to happen? Well, the concern that the NHL, and it's true of the NBA, is having is mm-hmm. next season as well. So the right. longer you push this off, then the more you impact what might happen next year. And when do you begin that season? And how do you get a full season in there? So, yeah, they're very much concerned with it. I, I do believe they've done a lot. I know they've done a lot of work to prepare for it. I think they're waiting for some more medical guidance and some more guidance from the various municipalities and state governments as to what might be done. But I think that you'll probably see some sort of an announcement in the next few weeks from the NHL regarding a start update. I would say look for something around July 1st as a start. Oh, okay. And what form that takes is yeah. still to be determined, whether it's right into the playoffs or whether or not there's a little play-in to knock teams out, whatever. Yeah, but still pretty late. Because what's well, if, if a Stanley Cup goes to seven games, when does how late does that go to? to? Well, they're talking about it going uh, into September. Okay. Mm-hmm. Crowning a champion in September. Uh, take October and most of November off. Uh, there's still no decision as to when the draft would take place. But in that gap, you would be able to talk to free agents. That period would begin and make trades, et cetera. Uh, you would be able to make trades, I presume, once the league returns to action, even mm-hmm. though the Devils may not be involved. League business starts. If the Devils want to make a trade with one of the other teams that are out, they'd be allowed to. They probably wouldn't make a trade. Uh, you could make a trade with the team that's in the playoffs. You know, we'll send you a great player to enhance your chances. That's not going to happen. So uh, there'll be some sort of adjustment on the rules there. Uh, but the idea is then by December 1st, you'd be able to start the season again and have a, you know, 2020-2021 champ. Right. Wow. Well, hopefully we'll uh, see hockey back. I mean, you know, a lot of people are missing it as we're missing uh, uh, all our sports. And again, we're start, starting to trickle back. We're going to see some golf soon. And uh, and uh, I think the other sports uh, will follow. And that'll do it for this uh, week's podcast. Uh, check out our site, moresportsnow.com. And you can find us on Spotify, on iHeart now. So there's a lot of places to find us. Uh, SoundCloud is our, is our um one of our directories as well. So uh, a lot of places to find our podcast. And so check us out and uh, we'll be here weekly uh, giving you as much sports as we can. Uh, but the uh, things are starting to wind up a, a bit and uh, we're getting excited about that. So for Steve Titchener, for Matt Lachlan and John McAlevey, we'll catch you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.